Okay, greetings friends. It's good to be with you once again. And uh, in case you are watching these or whenever you, uh, obviously, if I'm talking to you, then you're watching it. And uh, I'm sitting here dressed the same way because I did one session for our Wednesday Bible classes and then right after that one, I'm doing another session, which is, which is actually the same thing. Uh, on the same, uh, the, uh, the same theme, which is the reality of our being in Christ. And just now we're looking at that reality as it is summed up, brought together, a new creation. A new creation. That just hasn't penetrated the minds and hearts of so many Christians who, though they believe in a new creation, are still looking for one to come. Because in many cases, the creation that even Christians are looking for is just like the one that I can look out of this auditorium outside and see right now. Out there I can see trees, I can see a sky. They're still looking for a new natural creation. But hun, the new heaven, the new earth, spoken of by the prophets, spoken of by the prophets, is not natural earth or natural heaven. But it is the reality of a new creation, heaven and earth, in Christ Jesus. It has to do with our union with Christ, which is, I mean, hun. Just think about it. Think about what Paul said. Right quick. Just let me throw some scripture in here to you without, you know, quoting all of it. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Well, yes, that's true. It is that one spirit which Christ himself is. Now, I was going to read something in, in the last class, and I don't think... I got right down to it and never did read it, but I'll, I'm going to read it now because it's what I'm saying here. One spirit. Uh, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Verse 4. Ephesians 4, verse 4. Now this is talking to the body of Christ. You know it is. In Ephesians, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 3, now Ephesians 4. Paul's speaking to the body of Christ concerning the relationship of the Lord's body with the Lord. In chapter 2, he, he explains and, and sets it forth that that relationship is secured in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For he hath quickened us together as one body, raised us together as one body, 
seated us together as one body in heavens, in Christ. That's chapter 2, honey. And you go on and it comes right here. And this has to do with living as that body. Living on earth as that body in Christ. As that body in whom Christ himself lives. All right? And then we're going back then to 2 Corinthians as the new creation. Because as his body, we are a new creation. As his body, we are not an Adamic man. As his body, we are not Adam. As his body, we are not another, uh, an improved, <laughs> if that could be so, uh, Adamic creation. No, 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 none of that. None of that. As his body, we are a new creation. Not of the old man, but of the new man, which is Christ himself. Not of the first man, which was Adam, but of the second man, and we might say second and last man, which is Christ himself, the Lord from heaven. Which is not the corruptible seed of Adam, which produces all of the races and creeds and kinds. Oh yeah, yeah, out of, out of that natural seed of Adam, the Adamic seed of Adam, comes the Jews and all of the Gentiles too. They all come out of that. We all come out of that in the natural. But that isn't, that isn't, that isn't a new creation. No, no. Born not of corruptible, but of the one incorruptible seed of God. Paul says in another place, which seed, uh, and, and, and which seed is Christ. Yeah, talking about all the promises made to Abraham and his seed, not seeds, not seeds, S, seeds, as of many, no, no, but seed as of one unto thy seed which is Christ. And then Peter is saying, born again, being born from above, being, B-E-I-N-G, being born from above, not of corruptible, but of incorruptible seed. And it is Christ who lives in you. You remember, you remember God in the Scripture there, you remember in the Scripture, in Genesis, how in creating planet earth and the creation that we can see with the natural eyes and all of that. You remember the part that the seed made? I mean, really the earth. Now he took things out of the earth and he created animals to walk upon the earth and he created man to live on the earth. Okay, all of that, fine. But having to do with the earth, he created the seed. Because the, the, the earth and the world was all barren without form in darkness. I mean, it was, a, it was a mean place, nasty place. Before the Spirit of the Lord worked upon it. But here, a point again, in the creation of God concerning the world and concerning the earth. The seed 
see, the seed was to actually give life and bring forth life in the earth. And then even with the animals and all of the other creatures, seed, seed was the way by which they reproduced themselves. Seed. That principle is established in the old creation. Without a seed being in it, then, then it's barren. It's barren. It has no life. It's barren. Well, we have a new creation. A new creation in Christ. Now the first creation was simply a testimony pointing to the new. It, you, you, you folks, you know, who understand Genesis and have read, you know all of that, so I'm not going to sit here and, and spend an hour as though you don't know that. A pattern of the new, pointing toward the new. And you know also that Adam failed. That Adam failed. But the second man, the second man did not fail, does not fail. The second man, the Lord from heaven, Paul speaks of that so vividly in 1 Corinthians 15, all the way through it, all the way through it. If you lose sight of the second man there or never get light on the second man or never let that whole chapter be held together by the head of the body whose resurrection Christ himself is, if you never get a hold of him as the head, then, then, then you're not going to understand the 15th chapter of Corinthians anyway. You, you really won't. On everything of our salvation, the reality is of our being in Christ, not the reality of our being in this denomination or that denomination or the reality of or all of this other stuff. The reality of our salvation, the reality of our life, of our purpose, the reality of, of eternity having to do with you and I, is the reality of our being in Christ. That makes our salvation a living, breathing, functioning reality as the very body, the very house, the very household of God in His Son, who is the seed. <laughs> See, we can just go on and on. Who is the seed of those who are 
born again, who is the son of those who are his body in that household, who is the light, who is the life. We've been spending a lot of time in this session with the uh, reality of our being in Christ. There are several sessions that I just went back to, like I have in this one, in, into, into Ephesians. Because I want you to see that, that what Paul says in Ephesians, and in a moment what he says in Colossians, if we get there, and then what he says is not something other than the new creation that he's talking about. It, new creation is not a, a subject aside from our salvation. And, and new creation is not a reality aside from our being in Christ. And there's not a lot of little parts and pieces. There were parts and pieces to the old covenant. Parts and pieces, but not in Christ. Everything of our salvation, everything of God's intention, of God's intent, everything that, it, that God has, that has ever come out from God, everything finds its fullness, its fulfillment, and its fullness, and its completeness in Christ. Hon, we have been brought To the, into the fullness of all that God has ever done. It's in the Son. Everything else has been a type of it, a shadow of it, a testimony of it. You can read it all through the Bible. But it has come to its fulfillment in the person of the Son, whose body we are, whose creation we are. I mean, he, he's the word of this creation, the creative word, the word of his power. That's who Christ is. The light of this creation, the day, the Sabbath, the rest of this new creation. There isn't a bunch of them. There's not a bunch of days pointing to one day. Not in this creation. That's still out here in the old creation. Unfortunately, many people are still in their hearts and minds and in their religion living there. But if you're living in truth, it is in Christ. For there is but one day. And there isn't any night. And where if you walk in the light as he is, see the person as he is, the light, not as, not as the theologians declare it, not the light of this doctrine, not that, no, no, none of that. We could sit here all day long and talk about that. The light as he, Christ, is in the light. Yeah, he's the substance of it. He, he's, he's the brightness of it. He's the reality of it. He is not just a beam of light. He is, the, he, he is the substance from which all beams shine forth. We walk, we walk in the light. 
And that's the light of the day, which is the light of this new creation I'm talking to you about. Because we were talking about the reality of being in Christ. Well, one of those realities that we must face is we are a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. So that's what, we, that's, that's what we're looking at here. All right. In verse 4, Ephesians 4, talking about one spirit. And then I want to look at some other places about that, but look, one spirit. All right. And there is one body. Ephesians 4, 4. One body and one spirit, even as you are called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. Hallelujah. And we find all of this fullness including the fullness of the Godhead bodily and the fullness of the Father's good pleasure, we find all this fullness in the one, big O-N-E, the one. Come on, huh? There is one body. That's because it's of the body of the one. The one. One spirit, because that's the spirit of the one who lives in you. The one. One baptism, the one in whom, into whom we are all baptized. The one here. All is summed up in Christ. I don't care how far you go. It's all summed up in Him. Yes. The glory of the Father, the purpose of the Father, everything that comes out from the Father, it's all gathered up in the One, my Lord and my God. Darling, can you hear it? The one who lives in you, who lives in me. Should we not then give our full attention? Paul says it like this, set your affection upon things above, not on things on earth. Why? For you're dead. And your life, well, that's hid with Christ in God. And when he who is our life, that's Christ, shall appear, where? It's going to have to be in you, don't you think? Look at verse 3, 2 and 1. Raised you up, seated together 
heavenly places in Christ. We looked at that in Ephesians 1, or in Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 7. It's repeated there in Colossians. Since therefore you are risen with Christ. It's, talk, it's all about a new creation, hon, that has, that has a new creation, that has a new heaven and a new earth. <laughs> oh, my. Well, I'm not going to take the time. I was looking around here at my notes. I'm not going to take the time to really, because I, I, to gather that new heaven, new earth, to gather that up into Christ. But I'm telling you, that's where it is. It is a view of Christ that many precious believers have not really come to see the new heaven, the new earth, as being in Christ. Although the type and shadow of that were set forth way back with Abraham. You remember when the Lord told Abraham, Lift up now thine eyes. And, and, what, and what was the first thing he said? That it, Lift up now thine eyes and look to the land. Now, I may be misquoting all of that, but it's lift up now thine eyes, and he was showing him the land. Look, and then he had him to walk, and then look, and walk, and then look, and walk, and then look, but he was showing him the earth. It was a type and shadow. It was a testimony of a new that was going to come, a new that would come. And who did that earth belong to? It belonged to the seed. It belonged to Christ. And then... Then, then he said the same thing, and now lift up thine eyes and look to the heavens, look to the stars. And he was talking about the limitless, immeasurable measure of the seed. But you see, the measure of the seed, which is Christ, is Christ himself. To the measure of of the fullness of Jesus Christ to the measure of the fullness of Jesus Christ. That's the true measure of the seed. You can, you can, you, you know, if you had a way of counting every grain of sand, it, it would still, see, you can't number the greatness of the seed, either by sand or by stars, and that's what we're taught there. And many fail to see that. They look at that as a natural people, and they want to, you know, and, and there are a whole lot, of, a whole lot of them. Well, okay, fine. But the seed, but that's a testimony, and the seed is not a natural seed, uh, and there's not a whole lot of it. There is an immeasurability of the greatness and fullness of Christ. Now, he dwells in many, but the many are not the measure of him. And I think in a lot of time in our churchanity today, we actually think that the church is measured by the number of people that's in it. But the church is measured by the measure of Christ that is in you, that is in me. 
You understand? It's not whether there's one of us in a building or 1,000 of us in a building. It is, is Christ in any of those who are there because He's the measure of our salvation. He's the measure and the increase of the seed. And you can't number it with earth or with heaven, the stars. And then we come to a new creation, so we're not going to measure it by sand of the, uh, of, of, of the seashore or of the earth, nor of the stars of the heaven. No, no. Why? In that new creation, there's a new heaven and a new earth where Christ the Son, huh? Christ the Son is the light of it, the glory of it. He, he's the harvest of it. He's the fruit of it. See, honey? We try to find comparisons by looking at the earth. There are no comparisons. And what we need to see is not a comparison to Christ. We need the eyes of our understanding enlightened. We need to see Christ, whose body we are. We need to see Him face to face. We need to see Him who is the very life, spirit, living spirit of our soul. And when I'm saying see, I'm not talking about a miracle on the wall. I'm not talking about the looking at each other with natural vision that will dim and finally go blind if nothing, by nothing else, it'll go blind by death. Now there's a greater seeing than that. Not that, but a seeing that is shown by the Spirit of God Himself, the opening of the eyes of our understanding. So then, Christ becomes our understanding of life. He becomes our understanding of His body. He becomes our understanding of the new creation that we are. He, He becomes the understanding and wisdom. He, that is stamped into our heart, written and engraved in our heart and mind by the Lord. It's something that becomes part of the very nature of our understanding. It's seeing Him, not some kind of a aberration, not, not no, some kind of a, you know, of, of a, or someone comes in and sits on the end of your bed. No. Christ is in you. Christ is in you. Honey lives there. We spent a lot of time on this back when we first started talking about this. This has been months ago now. Well back into last year talking about the reality of being in Christ. Well, you can't talk about that without saying along the way from time to time, it's all based upon Christ in you, being born from above. Let's start with new birth. And then we get new everything out of that. 
And the newness of the birth is Christ, and the newness of everything else is too. It's Him. It's Him. It is Him. Oh, hallelujah. What a glorious reality. What, what a glorious thing. What, can you imagine this? No, you can't. And I can't. But sometimes I'm thinking about it. Oh, sometimes sitting right here doing what I'm doing, it just hits me. My Lord. We think of salvation as God, you know, forgiving us. I mean, sometimes we think of God as sitting in a closet somewhere and we go sit down and, and we talk to Him maybe through the door or whatever, I don't know, and say, forgive me. And He says, okay, you're forgiven. And he gives us some things to do. Or maybe he doesn't give us anything to do. But my point is this. I'm not necessarily talking about an arm of religion somewhere. But my point is this, hon. In many believers, in thinking about salvation and thinking about Christ, it's not thinking Christ liveth in me. The very literal, the very real, the very eternal Son of God lives in me now. He, He is my life. You don't, you don't think about that. It's mostly on, you know, that we're forgiven. And we do this, we do that, and then we're forgiven. It's kind of a, you know, something we've got to go do. Uh, it never really even gets as close as living, you know, uh, with the next door neighbor. We try to get close to one another that way as Christians, but we're not going to get close to one another until we're in our mind and heart, until we understand the closeness of Christ. Because the clo the, the, my closeness with Christ is my closeness with you. It can't be any other way. Why? Because we are one body in whom He, who is the fullness, dwelleth, dwelleth in all, the allness dwelling in all. We'll never see our union with one another except in the face of Jesus Christ. You can look in my face, me and yours, all we want to. We could have known each other for 50 years. We could, oh, all of this, you know, rattly, 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 right on down the line. Honey, it can all fall apart. I didn't say it always did, I said it can. And if it doesn't, death will bring it to an end. Death will bring it to an end. Sometimes nothing more than hurt feelings brings it to an end. Well, it wasn't too deep in the first place. But I'm just trying to tell you, darling, our true relationship that becomes unbreakable is an understanding of our union in Christ. Because that union is first with Christ. And then seeing that we begin to see one another. Not in the flesh. No. No. 
not after the flesh, but in him and after him. And there's, that's joy, man. I mean, that is a re, the real joy. I mean, it really is. It's the joy of the Lord. I have brethren. I have brethren whom I know and am knowing that way. And it is a real joy. Glory to the Lamb of God. Yes, it is. It is a joy. It is a peace. Well, it is a reality of being in Christ. And it is a reality that we begin to find in the new creation, wherein Christ is the new heaven and the new earth and the measure and fullness thereof. So, all right, I just wanted to go on with that for a, a, uh, for a little while. Some of these sessions that, that, uh, that I'll be having, uh, in addition to the ones that are regular, like the Wednesday Bible classes, Raven Bird and I rotate those. And, uh, but sometimes it's just, you know, a lot is on your heart. And, uh, and I also look at the time we have up to this moment, up to this, to right now, the time that we have on the internet and through YouTube. And I'm thinking, well, we've got the time, then why not use it? as much as we possibly can. Now, we have other things here to, that we function in and ministries going and whatnot, so we can't always be sitting in front of a camera, but there's times, there's times that I can be sitting here uh, other than the times that are uh, just scheduled. And, and there's sometimes I would like to just be able to speak for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. And uh, so, that's kind of what I'm doing today. But I want to show you something here, and then I want to show you something uh, concerning a new creation in Christ Jesus. Because one of the, now we've looked briefly, at least I've just mentioned, that that includes a new heaven and a new earth, and the understanding of new heaven and new earth is going to come in the face of Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and it helps us to go back and look at the testimony of that with Abraham. And then, so that's, see, that's one of the reasons that, that I love the testimony of something. No, we're not trying to make the testimony greater than the reality, but hun, the testimony is, is given of God concerning that reality. And that testimony, because it is of a living reality, that testimony never gets old. I can read that and all. We don't start tearing it out and throwing it away and saying, oh, that's, that's all passed over with and done with. Not as a testimony, it's not. Not as a testimony, it's not. 
so I'm not going to stay with that except to say that the seeing of the Lord does not take me away from searching the scriptures. It gives me greater purpose and greater quickening to search the scripture. Looking just for theology is what will wear you out. But to see the Lord, what a, what a, what a tremendous thing. So we, I wanted to look at this, that testimony of the, of the heavens and the earth as God created them and then also as God showed them to Abraham. Well, now all of that has come to be fulfilled in Christ, the new heaven and the new earth. And we may stay with that for a while uh, in this series. We may come back and pick it up because there, there's a lot of things there to deal with. One of the things I want to do is get this on record. And I have time to just probably do that, and that's fine. Second Corinthians, we've been reading there. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Now, you really do need to, uh, you really need to read chapter four. You, you really do, hon, because, see, this is a letter, and, and every chapter, every chapter gathers into itself the chapter just before, and everything that is said in chapter 4 really needs what has been said in chapter 3 to make it relevant. To make chapter 4 relevant to something, it really needs to come out of what is set forth in chapter 3. Because, honey, these are letters. Now, you know, we put them in chapters and verses, or they have been put in chapters and verses and numbers. Sometimes that's good. It helps us, you know, find them. Uh, you know, but sometimes that's not good. Because we'll take, a, we'll, we'll take either a chapter out of a book, or we will take a verse out of a chapter and try to say, and, and try to develop some kind of a teaching, which would be like somebody getting a letter from you. Let's say it was two or three page letter, okay? Let's just say it that way. Whether it was typed or sent on the internet or whatever. And so they go through it and they get one sentence and they highlight that sentence. Maybe then they get a pair of scissors and cut that sentence out and then they've got that sentence and somebody said, well, what did he say? Or what did they say? And he says, well, let me read it to you. And he reads the sentence. And you're supposed to know something. You're supposed to understand. And he takes that sentence and he says, well, what did he mean? Well, here's what he meant. And it goes on down the line. Well, maybe you meant that, maybe you didn't. What did you actually say? Now, that's, that's, that's kind of carnal to say it that way, but hun, that's the way a lot of people read the Bible. They'll get one scripture and they make their whole doctrine of grace, let's say that, on one verse. Because maybe it'll have the word grace in it. Or, in some cases, maybe it won't. Search the scripture, they are they which testify of me. And that's 
the real power, joy, whatever, of the Scripture. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. But here we come, and we're, where are we going here? <laughs> Somebody says, I don't know, but I wish you'd get there. Where are we going here? I'm going to verse 17 of chapter 5. But I had, I, but in, in the weeks and months that I've been dealing with the reality of being in Christ, and then the Lord just brought that to focus. We, we dealt with, a long time we were in John 14, John 17, uh, some of Paul's, uh, you know, accepted in the Beloved. We were back up at the beginning of Ephesians, all of that. And then the focus of my heart was on 2 Corinthians 5, 17, new creation. New creation. What a view of Christ that's turning out to be. Why? Because the new creation is in Christ. It's in the person. It's in Christ Jesus. What a reality that is. Because it's the reality of Him. And it's the reality of our dwelling in Him. My, my, my. So now. What do we find there? Well, we find a new heaven and a new earth, which we'll no doubt look at a little later. Again and again. 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 1. When we first started this, uh, one of these sessions, I said the emphasis here is now. Now. Not what used to be, not what people still look around and in their imagination say one day it's going to be. Everything that is related to Christ and being in Christ is now. We might be as ignorant as a rock, but that doesn't change the reality of Christ. Not at all. Everything that is in Christ is there now. I can show you that in Paul's teachings. You can find it yourself. You can find it in association with the word N-O-W. Over and over he says that. Now in Christ. Now by the blood of Christ. Now. Not used to. Not one day. Now. 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 And that's true, friends. Well, right here, there's a lot of talk about a house, a building. One day we've got this house. One day we've got this building. There's a lot of talk about that throughout the Christian people. And a lot of people have that, you know, they're, they're still looking for that house or for that body. Because when we get to this, and all I'm doing it right now is honestly, I'll mention it to you, and then I'm going to come back in one of the future sessions and deal with it, the house. Um, I don't know. We'll look at it in time to come. But look at this. Chapter 5, verse 1. 
For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have, we have, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. All I want to do right now, because this is what I want to do when we look at this thing within a little, taking more time to look at it. Not we will have. Fruitart, see, if this statement made by Paul, written by Paul, what, 2,000 years ago, whenever, and I say that, and I almost rebuke myself when I say that. Man, he said this 2,000 years ago. God said it in his eternal word an eternity ago. And then what was always, always of God established in Christ became made, was made manifest through the work of the cross, which is of his death, 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 burial, resurrection, ascension to the Father, coming again, indwelling the believer. Oh, uh -huh. understand what I'm trying to say? Everything of our salvation in the mind and heart and reality of God, and, and if it's there, then, hon, it, it's, that's it. That is it. If it's there, then it is established. And it's not so much after that God doing it as it is God making manifest the reality of it and you and I coming to it. You and I coming to it. And people have been coming to that now for, well, I started to say 2,000 years. And I guess in reality I'm talking about since the cross. But even before that there were those who walked lived and died in the faith, though they didn't receive the promise. But, hon, with the resurrection of Christ coming out from among the dead and bringing kept, they received it then. Moses received it. Abraham, received, they received it then. Everybody in Hebrews 11 received it then. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And we as believers being born again are still being added to that vast innumerable host. The measure of which is not a bunch of numbers anyway, but the measure of which is Christ is the life and resurrection of, a, of all of them. Of all of us. Whether we're in this body or out of it. And that's one of the things that Paul goes on to say right here about whether we're in this body or out of this body, we're in Christ. If we could just see that, because these are some of the most, some of these verses have some of the most misunderstanding, misunderstood and teachings of misunderstanding of some that I, more than I've seen in, in, in many, many others. Just these next few verses. Because we don't 
receive this as those who are in a new creation where what is seen and heard and touched and felt is not, is not, is not the witness of the reality, but rather what we see in Christ is the living witness and the living guarantee of the reality. And so we'll look at these verses, which I can't look at with you right now, but we're going to have to go through them. We need to do that. We need to do that from, from an understanding and uh, that has to do, again, that this is written. This is written to the church. So what is it? Who is it written to? It's written to those that are in Christ. And you have to understand that when you're reading it. But there's, there's no point in me going any further with it right now. But, for we know, we know that if our earthly house, now you can apply that to the earth body, to the natural body, or in that day you could have also applied that to the Jewish temple. You could apply it to either one of them. And uh, what we need to understand with this, and I wrote it down somewhere, but I remember what I wrote, the note that I wrote. And it was, all of these verses could pretty well be summed up and understood if we looked at them and used the term body or house, but just look at them and said, that our salvation, that Paul is declaring something here that leads us to realize we're a new creation. And that that new creation and that our salvation has, has nothing to do with the bodies we have. It is all about the body that we are. And as long as I am in the body that I have, that's this natural body, it's the body I have. I can call it my body. You know, it's the body that I have. But I tell you now, hon, my life is not in this body. My home is not in this body. These are not just words to me. What one time they would have been. Because this is not the body that's going to, quote, unquote, walk the streets of glory. With me and with Paul. And what he's saying in chapter 4 particularly, and chapter 3, that's the reason you need to go back to chapter 3, 4, and then 5. Because it's all leading to beholding the glory of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's written right in there. And that's what it's all about. And down to verse 17 Whosoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old is done away. Behold, the new is come. Now that's where all this is going. And we get so confused on our way there by trying to battle through, you know, verses 15 and 16 and 9 and 10 and whatnot. 
because we're looking at the wrong body, we're looking at the wrong bodies, we're looking at the wrong house. The one, the fullness and reality and substance of which is Christ is the one with which we are clothed, else we would be naked. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about that. But the one with which we are clothed, clothed upon with Christ. See, that's a different kind of a house than the one you ring a doorbell, open a door and walk into and sit down in a chair. It's the reality of being in Christ, darling. And so, as a new creation, we've got to deal with the term house. The house that we find in a new creation. The house. The house which in fact is the household of God. And that are those who are in Christ. Speaking with the house of the Father, he said, I'll receive you unto myself. Where I am there you may be also. So, that we have it, and I'm going to stop right there. But we're going to take this term building, and we're going to look at it. We're going to look at it in Hebrews, we're going to look at it in Ephesians, we're going to look at it in several places in the Scripture, all of which I have right here. And we're going to find in every case that it relates to our union with Christ. It's not something we're going to. It's that unto which we have come in truth, in spirit, in Christ Jesus. But unfortunately, that of which so many precious believers are ignorant. Now, I'm not talking about ignorant people. I'm talking about people that are ignorant of this view of our union with Christ. And consequently, they don't live according to this view because this is not the view that is written in their heart, that is revealed in their very soul. Well, the Lord bless. We'll come back. If there's any way we can be of help, any time you question what you hear, you are welcome. Welcome to contact. Welcome to call, send an email, write a letter. Yeah, write a letter. Put a stamp on it and let the U.S. mail bring it. <laughs> Uh, I'd ask you not to do your vote that way this time, though. Go to the polls and vote in person. This is an extremely important election that is coming up. So, may the Lord richly bless you. If we can help you in any way, at any time, please let us know. Amen.